Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And, and really what I'm trying to paint here is it was already thought about earlier in time than what we're reading now. So it's like he was reminding them this is what's going to happen. Now Moses, as we're reading it right now in chapter 27, he's saying we're about ready to go over. And by the way, this is what's going to happen. And when we get into Joshua chapter 8, that's when it actually comes to pass, when they finally get into the land. So you see there's all these remember, re- the re- reminders and so we look back in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. Moses says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob continues in chapter 27 of the book of Deuteronomy and reviews Moses' instructions to the nation of Israel when they enter the promised land. During this instruction, God makes sure his people are given specific directions on what actions constitute his blessing and what actions constitute his curse. The actions that involve a curse are listed in the remainder of this chapter. God makes it clear as to what is important to Him and how we should conduct ourselves in everyday living. We should take note of these things for our lives also. Here's Pastor Rob with today's message. And your mind is blown. And your mind is blown. And the Lord is saying, that's always been there, Rob. But you you haven't been in the right place to receive it yet. But now you are. Now you can see it. And you're like, wow. And yet, all this time, I was fighting against it. I read that passage so many times, and I just resisted it, resisted it. And then finally, one day, it was revealed to you. And then you're like, it makes sense. Sometimes we just have to be in the right stage of our life. Sometimes we have to go through certain things. And it's not God's fault. It's our fault. We, don't, we choose not to believe, and we struggle, and we wrestle, instead of just even blindly saying, you know what, I don't understand it, but I'm going to obey it anyway. That's the way we ought to be, even until we get the right understanding of something. You know, even during building the temple, Solomon made sure that there was not a sound of a chisel or a hammer that could be heard when they built the temple. In 1 Kings chapter 6, let me just read it to you. It says, It came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. So remember, David, God tells David, you can't build the house of the Lord. So he says, well, if I can't build it, I'm going to get all the materials ready so that when my son is ready to build a temple, he's going to have everything he needs and much, much more. And that's exactly what happened. And so now as Solomon is building this temple, down in verse 7 of that same chapter, it says, And the temple, when it was being built, was built with stone finished at the quarry. 
so that no hammer or chisel or any tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. So as people looked at the temple mount, they didn't hear anything. A lot of times they would mill this stuff or quarry it underneath. There's great cisterns of water. There's rivers going underneath the, the, the temple mount. I don't know if you knew that. There's been excavators. Guys have gone down there, and there's streams of water underneath that rock. And they would quarry stuff from underneath. They would get it from somewhere else, but no chisel was to be heard. It was all just coming together very quietly. Kind of remind, it kind of paints a picture, doesn't it? And it's supposed to, because all these little details in the Word are there for a reason. They're not there for nothing. Every little thing is there for a reason. So verse 7, back in Deuteronomy 27, You shall offer peace offerings, and you shall eat there. And I love that. The Lord likes us to eat. And he likes us to eat together. What a great thing to do when we're fellowshipping and afterwards fellowshipping and eating a meal together. And he says, Rejoice before the Lord your God. Verse 8, And you shall write, notice, very plainly on the stones all the words of this law. And then Moses and the priests, the Levites, spoke to all Israel, saying, Take heed and listen, O Israel. This day you have become the people of the Lord your God. It doesn't mean that they weren't before, but now it's sort of like inaugurating them. You've heard all of these things. Remember, you are the people of God. You are the people of God. Remember that. Don't forget that. Therefore, you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. And then verse 11, he says, And Moses commanded the people on the same day, saying, These shall stand on Mount Gerizim, which the name means cuttings off. And so there's going to be a group of people standing on Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you have crossed over the Jordan. He gives the names of these six tribes, Simon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And incidentally, these were all the offspring of Jacob through Rachel and Leah. So they're going to be on the mountain of blessing. In fact, if you think of this picture here as we read this, think of two mountains and there's a valley in between them. So you got a valley, a valley, a valley. you got a valley, and you got two mountains. Six of the tribes are going to stand on Mount Gerizim, these listed here, and they're going to pronounce the blessings. And on the other side is Mount Ebal, and they're going to pronounce the cursings. And right in between is the Levites, and they're going to be pronouncing these things. And, and it's going to be like an amphitheater. That's really what it is. And so they're looking at each other, and they're, and they're reminding each other with this great big valley in between and all that mass of people saying, and it's, it's wonderful if you're ever in a place where you can see something like this in, in real time, in, in real life. It's really quite amazing, and that's exactly what's happening here. They're reminding each other. They're facing off one another with the Levites in the valley, and they're, the, the, the blessings these, and the curses are being pronounced, and they're going to be rehearsing these things back and forth, and it's going to be a reminder. They're looking right at their brothers in the eyes across the valley, and they're telling them, this is what's going to happen. And these shall stand on Mount Ebal. And the, the word Ebal means stone or bare mountain. And they're there to curse. And these are the, the tribes, Reuben, Gad, and Asher, and Zebulun, and Dan, and Naphtali. Four of these tribes were descendants of Jacob through his concubines, Bilhah and Zilpah. And Reuben was Jacob's firstborn from uh, Leah. And Zebulun was Leah's youngest son. And so they are on the other side pronouncing the cursings. And it's interesting that, you know, we're in chapter 27. And in this same book, about uh, in, in chapter 11, Moses had already had this in mind. God had already given it to him. And Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26, it says this. 
And, and really what I'm trying to paint here is it was already thought about earlier in time than what we're reading now. So it's like he was reminding them this is what's going to happen. Now Moses, as we're reading it right now in chapter 27, he's saying we're about ready to go over. And by the way, this is what's going to happen. And when we get into Joshua chapter 8, that's when it actually comes to pass, when they finally get into the land. So you see there's all these remember reminders And so we look back in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. Moses says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. Now it shall be when the Lord your God, notice, when the Lord your God has brought you into the land which you go to possess, that you may put the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side of the Jordan toward the setting of the sun? In other words, on the east side of the Jordan in the land of the Canaanites who dwell in the plain opposite Gilgal, beside the terebinth trees of Moray. For you will cross over the Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and you will possess it and dwell in it, and you shall be careful to observe all the statutes and the judgments which I set before you today. And so there's a reminder there, several chapters back in time. And now in chapter 27, he's reminding them again as they're getting ready to cross over. Now let's fast forward a little bit in time. Look with me at Joshua chapter 8, beginning at verse 30. Joshua chapter 8, verse 30. This is after they finally... So the children of Israel, they they finally cross the Jordan. They encounter their first enemy, the city of Jericho. They conquer Jericho, and in feeling pretty spry and feeling pretty confident, they decide, "Uh, let's go get Ai. And then they're like, it's just send a handful of guys over there. It's a small little thing. It'll just take take an hour to wipe that whole thing out. They get a little cocky. And God allows them to get defeated. So finally, they listen to God. He gives them the battle plan. They finally defeat Ai with God's strategic plan. And so after this, they they defeat Ai. So now, verse 30, Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. And this is exactly what they told him, you know, God had told the children of Israel to do. He told them in Deuteronomy chapter 11. He told us again in Deuteronomy chapter 27. And now when they finally get into the land, Joshua says, we're going to do this the right way. So Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses. We just read it. An altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there, in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. And then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before, and we've read both of those passages, that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings. It's always easier to read the blessings. We like those. But we always don't like to hear the bad news if we disobey. 
According to all that is written in the book of the law, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. Don't you just love accountability? (laughs) That's what I think of this. I think of accountability. Deuteronomy chapter 11. When you get into the land, this is what you're going to do. Finally, they're traveling through, and it takes them 40 years. Finally, they get right to the edge. By the way, this is when you cross over, this is what you're going to do. It's going to be a stone of remembrance, in a sense. Stones of remembrance. Write all the words of this law. Put plaster on them. Write them down. You must not forget. So easy for us to forget. How many other cultures of people have had a God like our God? Who would just tell them very simply, do this and live. So many cultures are, are, are given over to demons, giving over to deities that lead them astray, lead them into death rather than life. And yet God is the only one who can say, this is what I want you to do. Do it. Be obedient to me and you will live. If you're disobedient, you're going to die. It's that simple. So, verse 14, And the Levites shall speak with a loud voice and say to all the men of Israel, remember, the Levites are in the middle. Now you got Mount Ebal with the with six of the tribes, and you got Mount Gerizim on the other side with the other six tribes, and the Levites are saying these things. Notice, verse 15, Cursed is the man who makes a carved or molded image, an, an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and sets it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Curse is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt, and all the people shall say, Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road, and all the people shall say, Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and all the people said, Cursed is the one who lies with his father's wife, because he has uncovered his father's bed, and all the people shall say. And cursed is the one who lies with any kind of animal, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who lies with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say. And cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them, and all the people shall say. Amen. As we looked at this list of things, we saw this is really just a recap, a recapitulation of what he's already told them from the Ten Commandments and other laws. In Leviticus chapter 18 and Leviticus chapter 20, we see hints of that in this list that we saw here. We see hints of the 12, the 10, not the 12 commandments, the 10 commandments. I made that slip up one time at a, at a, uh, at a adult retreat at the castle, and no one's ever let me forget, forget about it. And you can understand because there's 12 tribes of Israel and there's 10 commandments, but I had a, a dyslexic moment and I switched it around and I was immediately a false prophet. So there are indeed only 10 but there's actually a lot more. But those are, those are the ones that are listed on the tablets that Moses brought down. So let's go on to chapter 28. Chapter 28 is really wonderful. We're going to see within it, if um, time permits. Let's get right into it. It says, Now it shall come to pass, if 
Notice these if-then statements. If you do this, then. And they're loaded in here. It's all conditional. If you do this, then God will do this. And you'll see that all the blessings that God was going to give them were mainly physical, physical tangible blessings. We, in the church, we have spiritual blessings. Sometimes they're physical, but God seems to, if you, if you look at this list here, his blessings are tied to their, not only the fruit of their body, but the produce of the earth and the ground and those things. Those are the way that God would show that he is blessing them. And he'd prove it to them if they would obey, right? Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice. That's a, a conditional statement. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that, there it is. Circle the word if and the word that after that comma there. If you diligently obey the voice, then or that, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And they are to this day. You don't mess with Israel. Every nation in the earth has a respect for Israel. Not only, are they, not only from the Jews came the most, some of the most incredible geniuses in every area, every subject, painters, architects, musicians, physicists, you name it, any bankers, you name it, lawyers, they're the best. Some of them are the best in the world. God has given them a unique gifting. And the world has to wake up and say, wow, there's really something unique about this people. And they are. They're blessed. They really are. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, notice, and the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Verse 5, Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. That traditionally has happened all throughout history. One of the biggest miracles is the existence of Israel to this day. From 1948, May 14, 1948, was a miracle. They're there against all odds. All odds were against them. They were even attacked on their Day of Atonement when they, should have, when they would be the most, the, the most quiet and they'd be the most subdued. The enemies came after them on that day. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouses in which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep, his, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, notice conditional statements. Were they faithful to those things? No, they were not. In fact, the children of Israel failed miserably, just like we fail miserably. There's, it could have been any nation on the earth that God would have put these things before, and not one of them. Isn't that what's true? Romans 3, verse 10 says, There is none good, no, not one. Romans three twenty three. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans six twenty three. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so there's no one who would have done good, even though they blew it. But God is not done with them. He is going to establish them again, and they will be a jewel in his crown. Verse 10, Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. I think they do already, and that's why the devil hates them so much. 
God told them he's got a great plan for Israel, he's got a great plan for Jerusalem, and he's bringing it to pass. And the world cannot stop it. Islam cannot stop it. The United Nations can't stop it. President Trump can't stop it. And whoever it is that's going to be elected after cannot stop what God is going to do. It is futile to mess with this plan because it's impossible. They can do whatever they want. And ultimately, God is going to weave his, his story right through it and is going to confound. Being, them coming into the land in 1948 confounded everybody. Verse 11, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and in the produce of the ground in the land in which the Lord swore to to your fathers to give to you. He promised them that this would happen. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, notice, but you shall not borrow. And it's true this day. They're one of the most thriving economies in the planet they got the smartest people. They're doing some really great things. And let me tell you, they are happening. Israel today is happening. <laughs> it's amazing. Love it. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. I like that too. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, there's the conditional statement again, if you heed the commandments which I command you today and are careful to observe them, not just to heed them, but to observe them. In other words, don't just listen. Isn't that what the Shema is all about? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. That's what it's about. The word heed, the word hear, O Israel, is a word that means hear with the intent of doing something about it, not just letting it get trapped in between these two ears. You hear it, you respond to it, you do it. Isn't that what James is telling us to do? So you shall not turn aside, verse 14, from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. We know that they ultimately did do that, though. And then he goes in verse 15, and these are the curses of disobedience. But it shall come to pass if, notice, circle that, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all of these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city. And here he's undoing literally all the things that were blessed in the previous chapters. Now you're going to see an unraveling of those good things, those blessings. They're going to be the opposite now. And there's going to be even more things added to it. It's kind of depressing. That's why we're here tonight. <laughs> I'm only kidding. It's, it's very sobering, isn't it? Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke and all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and you utterly perish or until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, and with the sword, with scorching, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And your heavens, which are over you, your head, shall be like bronze, and the earth, which is under you, shall be iron. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust." From the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. 
and the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them, and you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Now that is prophecy. Let me read something in Zechariah chapter 12, just for the sake of time. Let me just read it for you. Zechariah, hundreds of years after this statement, he says, And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Every administration in the United States uh, president. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.